Hello and welcome to the I Hate Everyone podcast. And I'm tearing up today. I'm tearing up and I'm going to tell you why I'm very upset actually. And I did not, I read something I didn't think that was, I didn't think it was going to affect me like this, right? So this is the I Hate Everyone podcast, the only podcast run by a 24 year old black magician from Wisconsin. What a combination currently living in New York, featured by the New York Times, AM New York, NBC, ABC, Complex. And today we're talking about something that, I again, I didn't expect to get this reaction out of me. Um, we talked about my Uncle Frank. I've never met Frank. However, Frank is currently on death row because he's a serial killer. This is, this is I don't know why I said it like that, a serial killer. For real. This is a real story. Franklin Lynch, if you really, really want to Google him, but I'm going to tell you the story before you Google him anyway. He is on death row currently in California, and I never really knew why. And today, he says he's innocent. As we know, many, many, many black men have been put in jail for things they didn't do, including the death of white women. However, my family has told me for the longest time that he's crazy. So, I'm going to read you his letter where he protests his innocence. It's a short letter. I'm going to tell you the details of the story for the case, and maybe someone will solve this mystery. Maybe it's not a mystery. I'm going to tell you guys about the two times a lawyer came to our house, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they said, and hopefully they won't find this to use as evidence in court because I'm not a snitch. I'm not 6'9", so here we go. Franklin Lynch is my dad's brother. The first time I ever heard of him, I didn't know my dad had a brother. My parents are divorced. My mom lives in Wisconsin. My dad lives in California. The first time I ever heard of it was when a lawyer came to our house when I was about uh, 10 years old. My mom says, says, uh, go upstairs, go upstairs. I go upstairs, and... I do the thing where you you know you sit on the stairs and you listen. I do the thing where you go stop 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 stop, but you're not actually stopping. You're just like using your feet. And I sat on the stairs, and she goes, "I want to talk about Frank." And my mom goes, "Oh, Frank." And she goes, "You know," and they start talking about these details. She starts interviewing my mom and asking questions about my dad, asking about their relationship. My mom's like, "I don't know why this is relevant." She goes, "I'm sorry, all of this is relevant and like evidence in court that can be used to prove blah 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 blah." And the general gist of the conversation that I got is that I had an uncle in jail, and they were trying to prove that he was innocent by essentially saying that he was insane, not innocent, but that he was insane, so that way he could get off of death row at least. And they sent this woman all the way here just to talk to my mom. She must have had other business in Wisconsin because my mom was only married to my dad for like less than 10 years and she never met my uncle. So I was like, why would they be sending her all the way here just to talk to my mom? But they sent her here. My mom answered the questions. They even asked questions like, what was your sex life like with your husband? Like they even asked that. And I was like, how is that? But like looking back, maybe they're asking about like, you know, like parental, like maybe that was like indicative of like how their parents were treating them, especially in abusive households, which is very common back in the day, especially before they had words like pedophile. You know what I mean? So like you never know. But um, the whole thing was weird. And afterward, I came down. I was like, Mama, what was that? I heard a little bit from my room. And she's like, what do you hear? And she told me the story. She told me the basics. My uncle Frank killed a woman in the in the 80s or something like that. And uh, he's currently on death row. He's crazy. The family doesn't talk about him. He's estranged from my father and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, cool. Now I know the sitch. I get up, I get older and I learned of Google. I'm like, let me Google him. Maybe I can send him a letter or something. Maybe I can figure out what he did. I don't know. I Google him and I find out he didn't kill a woman. For some reason, no one knows this. Not my sister, not my mom. But now they do obviously but he killed multiple people i think he killed he's accused of killing 13 people 
He was a serial killer that they called the Day Stalker, I believe, in California. And that was like a, I was like, shit, why has no one said anything? So, like, he had a problem, uh, which was killing people. Maybe it wasn't a problem. He, he just killed a bunch of people. And I don't always bring it up. It's kind of a fun, like, little fact if you bring it up in the right way. But if you bring it up in the wrong way, people are like, oh, is that going to be you? And it's like, nah, that shit doesn't run in the family, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know if I watch enough Law & Order SVU for that. But that's essentially what happened. So he killed multiple people. So from reading his uh, testimonies and things that happened, it seems a few things could have happened. There's either someone named Frank Lynch or this happened to him where according uh, to the to the papers in his trial, he deemed it unfair because they tried him with four different crimes at the same time, making it seem like he did all these things in succession, almost as if I robbed a bank, then I stabbed somebody, then I kicked a dog, then I stole a car. And they're like, you're charged with this, 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 and this on Saturday. These are four separate crimes that should have been charged separately. However, they charged them together, which gave the impression that he did all of these. And that's the argument that they're making. That's why his trial was unfair. He shouldn't have been charged with 10 different counts of uh, 10 different crimes in a row as though he already did it, which implied guilt. That's one thing that they say. Again, I do not know him. I was not there. I know nothing about this case. And I don't know if this is actually his case or if this is another Frank Lynch. But that's just what it seems to say. Franklin. Franklin apparently says that he is guilty. Or innocent. Ooh, innocent. Innocent. Ooh, innocent. Sorry, Frank, if you're listening to this in jail. Uh, yeah. Uh, he apparently says that he is innocent. And... I'm going to read you what he says, and then I'm going to tell you the official kind of like declaration on what it says he did. But here's here's his letter. It's only a page. <clears throat> there are always two sides to a coin. Now, was I meant to read this? I don't know. But as a magician, coins hold significant value. My name is Franklin Lynch, and I'm currently on death row. What I'm seeking is a sincere correspondence with an organization or someone who can empathize with my adverse situation and possibly of some legal assistance uh, situation and possibly be of some legal assistance or supportive in your own way. Although I'm not here by choice, how I came to exist in this environment, prison, was based on how my ineffective trial attorney allowed the district attorney to influence the juror's thoughts into convicting me on circumstantial evidence. My case mainly consists of fabricated testimony, misidentification, and by me having possession of not knowingly stolen property, i.e. a bracelet. Even though I worked a few odd jobs here and there, I would sometimes buy items on the black market and resell them at retail price as supplement for my income. In 1987, I had purchased this gold bracelet from a seller on the street. Soon after, I resold the bracelet to a legitimate broker who owned a retail store where I had to show my driver's license and give my fingerprint. Several months later, I was arrested and charged with possession of stolen property, robbery, and murder. Truly sympathizing with the victim, I was shocked. Not only of the drug charges, but of learning that the bracelet I bought was sold and t taken from an elderly lady who was beaten up and eventually died. Before and during the trial, there was some negative publicity about my case, showing my pictures all the time, etc. So, when it was time for a line, everyone already knew what I looked like and therefore had no problem in a lineup picking me from the others as a person they have seen in some of the other areas. When I went to trial, the district attorney knew his case was too weak to ensure conviction. So what the DA did was gathered every similar case in the country to the one I was being charged with so that when the jury heard of all these similar charges, it would strengthen his case, leaving no doubt in the juror's mind that I had 
been the perpetrator of the crimes. No one said that they saw me commit the crime because I was not there. None of my fingerprints were on the crime scene because I was not there. None of my DNA or fibers were at the crime scene because I was not there. But it boiled down to me getting convicted based on a few people misidentifying me as being near some of the areas where the crimes occurred. And all of them had either had already seen my photos on the news or in the paper. And the fact that I had possession of the stolen bracelet. That's how I came to exist on death row, based purely on circumstantial evidence. Common sense would have told me not to sell a bracelet that I knew was stolen to a legitimate retail store owner using my license as identification along with my fingerprint. But the moral of the story is I would never in three lifetimes have gone to those extreme lengths to acquire a bracelet from anyone. If I knew it was stolen, maybe I would not have bought it and purchased the bracelet knowing it was stolen. Sure, I would not have taken a legitimate business to sell it. I I sure would have taken it to a legitimate business to sell it. I would have resold it. What? If I knew it was stolen, maybe I would not have bought it. And if I had purchased the bracelet knowing it was stolen, I sure would not have taken it to a legitimate business to sell it. I would have resold some black market, resold it on the black market for a profit. He just said, I have to break the character for a second. He just said, if I knew the bracelet was stolen, I wouldn't have sold it to a pawn shop. I would have sold it on the black market. Okay, now I'm sitting on death row struggling with my appeal. Attorneys to prove. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Let me get back into character. Now I'm sitting on death row struggling with my appeal attorneys to prove my innocence. Period. That's it. He says he's innocent. He says he's innocent. And kind of what I told you, he said the innocent, uh, not the innocence, the evidence was stacked against him. And he also says that he didn't commit the murders. Now, the murder, the, the murder that I always heard about, the thing that my family knows about is the one that, like, not my family knows about. Uh, he did it and told everyone. But, like, the one that, like, the story that I always heard that the trial, like, lawyers always, like, the story they spun was that uh, he robbed some old, like, white woman and beat her to death or something like that. Oh, I can't remember exactly what it was. This is very insensitive of me not to remember. But, and again, this is very candid, but I don't know him. This was also 30 years ago. This is way before I was born. Um, I've never met him, and I don't know anything about this other than what I'm reading. You know, and so what I do know, again, is that black men have been put on trial for the... The killing of white women since the beginning of time and convicted and killed people have been trying to get them killed because they know like if you know there's so many people that like come out because they weren't so like i can't assume that he's guilty because i haven't looked into this and i would love to look into this because like i don't think this is a sign that like i'm supposed to do something but like you never know i'm a publicist like so it's like if anyone could do something it'll be someone that knows the news so i mean like you never know but I just wanted to like read that because I think it's interesting. And again, I hope you're not disgusted that I'm like, what if he's innocent? But you just never know. I've never met him. I don't know the story. And no one in my family ever talks about it because it kind of in black families. When someone kind of goes to jail, it's kind of always like either they did it or free, like free, free to. <laughs> I can't even think of a name. I was going to say like free Tuki. I don't know. Something like free somebody like that. You know what I mean? So it's like. I feel like we just don't know, so I can't make assumptions. But as I look into this, I'll let you guys know what I find. But I'll tell you guys a little bit more about the case, actually. But now I'm going to kind of scour the case and tell you guys the general ideas and kind of like some general responses to that. So... It's not. It's it's actually it's a pretty well written thing. It's not super eloquent. He gets his point across. He gets his argument across. 
that uh sorry i was about to burp he gets his argument across that he's saying that i'm innocent and these are the reasons why and he says this these are the reasons why this, this like he has a solid argument um and the interesting thing is i know that he also created the argument that he's he should get a retrial because he asked specifically to fire his lawyers and to represent himself which is like pretty gangster but again he's a murderer apparently so uh maybe that's not gangster but uh anyway moving on so let's see franklin lynch murderpedia this is jesus christ so connected to 13 slayings of elderly women since 1980 he was linked to a series of slayings and brutal attacks that frightened communities across northern california i was born in fresno so 1980 this was 16 years before i was born even so he was called the Day Stalker and preyed on elderly women, terrorized the East Bay in the summer of 1987. Wow. So he's in San Quentin right now, which is the very famous, fucking famous, famous prison. And he's also suspected in a large string of robberies that the FBI was investigating. Shit. This, I was like, this should be a movie. I'm like, no, we're glorifying murder. But I'm like, what if he didn't do it? But he did. We don't know. He's black. Shit. Wow. So he has, uh, he's been sentenced to death for as long as I can remember, but I still think he's alive actually. And I know this because one of my, my mom said that the lawyer came back and I said, the lawyer came back and she said, yeah, but she just said some stuff. And I was like, tell me what she said. And my mom wouldn't fucking tell me what the lawyer said. I'm like, mom, it's my uncle. You don't know him. And she's like, you don't know him either. You don't need to know. I'm like, bitch, tell me what the fuck he said. And she wouldn't tell me what he said. So I'll never fucking know or what she said. So I'll never fucking know what the lawyer said. But apparently he made a brief that was for an appeal. And his appeal brief was 481 pages where he cites a bunch of reasons why the conviction should be overturned, including, uh, let's see, including the biased jurors. And then he also claims, that, again, his, uh, the lineup wasn't fair. And he also says that um, he wanted to represent himself. Wow. So the interesting thing is the district attorney at the time called him a human reptile and a murder machine. Shit. That's fucking intense. And they just want to kill him as fast as possible. But like these, all these quotes are just people saying like, we've been waiting 15 years to get him, like to kill him. And we're going to wait another 15 more, 15 more. That's what like, there's multiple quotes saying that. Wow. So that's him. And I'm just looking at pictures of him. Jesus. It's a little surreal to like read this like carefully. I've always read it. But like to actually find details to be able to make points to you guys is a little bit difficulty. So the people versus Lynch. Jesus, what is this? There's a new trial in 2010, it looks like. I'm trying to like uncover this evidence as I'm going through. I hope you guys are, are, are learning. So there was one woman I know that was just completely beat to death. Sadly, her like... There's one. Oh my gosh, I can't even read these. Sorry, if this is traumatizing to anybody. I'm right now I'm on caselaw.com.findlaw.com. Caselaw.findlaw.com. And it kind of tells you all of the different people, and they're just as old as 89. 
like these women were found with their like hands tied behind their back wow this that's not yeah i used the word gangster earlier i did not know how gruesome these were so again these are so many people and it's kind of like how did he do it you know what i mean not like how did he do it like that's so cool how did he do it it's like how did he like go like across fucking northern california as a black man getting into white women's houses without getting caught that's my question like you like people can't walk today as we're seeing recorded people can't walk today so i'm just like you know and it's like crazy like what's what what if they got the wrong person what if but they probably didn't they probably didn't because this evidence is compelling but also i didn't see the trial like this isn't what makes this compelling the fact that these are gruesome and the fact that he was named again this is this is the same thing as the episode that i said uh yesterday with my friend who was like my friend i'm doing air quotes that was like brianna taylor's boyfriend is probably a drug dealer and i'm like why and he's like black and i'm like okay cool so that's just that's just about it but yeah everyone seems to be just fucking tied up and it's just horrendous what these are and these are just all elderly women so i'm just wondering why why it would be like that so it looks like in 2010 they recharged it or something like that i'm gonna read this and be right back so here's a break in the case so it does make sense that they sent the woman the woman lawyer to uh, our house when i was 10 years old because this case in 2010 was tried uh in the california supreme court so it must have been like the district attorney or some shit. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's who tries them. But. So it was like. Wow. California Supreme Court in San Francisco. So, yeah, that's that makes sense for why that was. That's why it was a big deal. So they had a lot of money to spend because this was uh, essentially uh, he tried to appeal the case where they said that he beat, uh, I guess, beat. I shouldn't have said beat murdered three elderly women. So um, they appealed it and he must have something if they keep appealing this because it's like. They just they keep bringing up the same argument that he just didn't get a fair trial and just super interesting i'm gonna keep reading give me a sec all right i found something really good so he essentially wrote a letter claiming he's innocent again and there's a website where you can read letters and become pen pals to prisoners of course that is the classic you know like crazy person you see becomes pen pal of a prisoner and then they like try to break him out and that's like a love story and that's a hollywood movie but in this case it's my uncle so that probably would not be happening However, uh, I'm going to read you the short paragraph he wrote, and then there's either a psychologist or someone like, I don't know who it is, uh, looks like, maybe, like, I don't know if it's like a handler or something, but someone is intercepting, like, letters you can send to him and wrote, like, a short paragraph about him, and it's a psychological evaluation, and it is insane, so I'm going to read it to you. So, uh, Frank says, during the 23 years of my unjust, unjustly conviction, uh, that is that right? I don't think you're supposed to say that. During the 23 years of my unjust conviction, I'll say, and incarceration, with the exception of a select few of people, I've yet to connect a truly and truly establish a meaningful relationship with someone who is willing to sincerely empathize with my unfortunate situation here on death row. 
If you're able to place yourself in my present position filled with adversity, wouldn't you desire a connection with someone who just might provide you with moral support through a regular correspondence? Correspondence. A way to help you maintain your mental health and stability. Despite the darker side and the negative images that exist within personalities beyond these myriad walls. Is is he saying, does this make sense? I don't think. If so, please feel free to write me so that we may exchange thoughts and some of our common interests, such as academics, politics, economics, reading, novels, travel, family life, spirituality, sports, abolition of the death penalty, <laughs> and various secular issues. With lo- much love and appreciation, comma, Franklin. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, that's the new Netflix and chill, though. So this is the what the psychologist says. This stuff's heavy. Lynch demonstrates the particular... Lynch demonstrates the peculiar... Ah! Lynch demonstrates that peculiar sociopathic stylistic quirk overuse of adjectives and adverbs he wants to truly establish meaningful friendship with someone willing to sincerely empathize with his unfortunate situation he like uh, italicizes so i'm trying to read that how i think he's trying to say at one point he even gets adverbs and adjectives confused when he speaks of his unjustly conviction <laughs> Lynch like the this is super fucking patronizing Lynch like the fellow in the previous post has taken a moral stance against the death penalty note his use of the word abolition which vaguely equates his cause with abolition what (laughs) it's also nice to see that he has interest in family life and spirituality note that he says he wants to maintain his mental health and stability he doesn't want to gain it he merely wants to keep it in the hostile environs to which he has been unjustly combined confined the implication is that he is currently mentally healthy and stable when he says despite the darker sides and negative images that exist within the personalities beyond these myriad walls he is of course trying to disassociate himself from all those bad guys who are in prison Myriad is evidently a word beloved by both high school high school poets and death row. Damn, this dude is calling him out, and he said the exact same thing that I did. Who is this guy? I need to find this guy. But also, this guy's kind of a dick. And look at Lynch's nice smile. Oh, my gosh. As you guys know, I'm known for my smile. I'm like, man, it runs in the family. Look at Lynch's nice smile. Or is that more of a gleeful, devilish grin of a man's impervious to remorse? Or is that more of a gleeful, devilish grin of a man that's impervious to remorse? Jesus Christ. You should probably withhold judgment until you find out a little bit more about him. <laughs> Lynch was known as the... Okay, this is more. It's killing, killing, killing. When he talks about common interests you may have, he omits beating little old ladies to death. Oh my God! What? Wow. Jesus Christ. One quintessentially sociopathic characteristic is that they always assume they can fool you. This is not only true of sociopaths on the outside, but even death row inmates who have been convicted of the most monstrous of crimes. A sociopath never stops being a sociopath. However, at the shame of it is that even... However, I think he's trying to say the shame of it is that even after having been exposed for what they are, they can almost always find a gullible person to con. Dun, dun, dun. Now, as you guys know, if I was reading this by myself, I'd be like, I'm smarter than this. 
I'm not the one he's going to con. But since I'm making a podcast and I just read that and because I said I'm not editing this, you guys just read what I read. So that means I can't hide it from you, which means that I know rationally, pragmatically, pragmatism, word of the fucking century. We know that this most likely if he was convicted of this crime and there was a bunch of evidence convicting him, he did it. However, we also know that black men have been convicted of crimes for years. And if this is true, because I haven't looked into the case, I don't know if there is DNA evidence connecting him. If there isn't any evidence actually connecting him, this may be something interesting to look into. And it made it to the Supreme Court in California. So there was something there. So I'm not hoping that he's innocent because I do not know this man. However, I think this is very interesting. and I hope you guys will join me along for this ride because, again, most likely he did it. However, in the 1980s in California, he was living in San Francisco. Like, you know, I don't know what he was doing, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of fucked up people that are in the wrong place at the wrong time. So we're going to, we're going to find out. We're going to investigate. We're going to be detectives. We're going to be true crime people. And I don't want you guys to think I'm excusing violence against women. That is the last thing I want to say. That is not what I'm saying at all. That is not what I'm saying at all. However, what I have, I am saying and what I keep saying is that if you look historically, black men have been convicted of committing crimes specifically against white women for years. That's what the whole fucking book to kill a mockingbird is about, even though it's not a direct, it's not like a, you know, it's not factual. It's that didn't happen on actual events, but it's, it's something that would have happened. And it was believable. And that's why it was such a famous book. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's always that possibility and it's always believe women. Well, these sadly take this with a grain of salt. These women are not dead, so we cannot believe this story. However, um, there might be some that actually survived. I don't know. We'll have to look into this. However, um, what I am saying is I also believe black men if they say they have been set up, <laughs> which is hard because I believe them to the extent that we believe women. You know, if someone's like, saying something that's clearly untrue and someone's like believe women and someone's like okay clearly this is a lie you know like that's different you know and it's like clearly it's a lie but if so if someone's like listen i'm being set up look at this this is very much possible you know like that if that is the case i will at least examine that to the extent that i would believe women hashtag believe women if that makes sense and i don't want people to be like you think it's the same it's not exactly the same but like if you don't understand that you know like i i i think there's like a bigger conversation to be had so anyway moving on i don't hope he's innocent i just want to find out what happened in the fucking case what actually happened in the case was it a fair trial is frank just a sociopathic liar is california just racist is he actually dead was he released like I found in another paper that said he may have been released and then recaught after robbing somebody else? We are going to find this out in season four and season five of I Hate Everyone. But I hope you guys liked this episode. It was kind of a clusterfuck, and I don't really know what the fuck happened right now. I read all this shit to you, but I don't know what it means, but we're going to find the fuck out. Stay tuned. See you guys tomorrow. Uh, remember, I'm dropping an episode every day this week. Please share the episodes if you like them. Like, shoot it to your friends. If everyone shares this a little bit, I'll have fucking double the listeners because I'm growing a little bit because you guys are coming back to listen every morning. I'm becoming a part of your breakfast. I'm becoming a part of your routine. Like the toast, like the jam, like the butter. And even the fucking haters listen. I know, I know who's listening. I can see the demographics by country. I know the percentage of people who's listening. And you're like, oh shit, does he really know? Yes, fucking bitch, I know. So yes. I know who's listening. I know you guys are out there. 
Still haven't gotten a bad review. If someone really hates this shit, you can give me a bad review. Show it's real. But if you want to give me a good review, go to that fucking iTunes podcast fucking store or some shit. Click that five star. And, uh, yeah, tell me that you like the podcast. Give me a good rating. And uh, I'll appreciate it. Shoot me a DM at RJ the Magic Hand. I hope you're having a wonderful, awful day. Sitting here enjoying the sun in my chair. I'll talk to you guys next time.